The scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 6, verse 21a and 25a. Please stand for the reading of the word. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. And 25. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will grow hungry. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let me pray. God, I thank you uh, for this beautiful day. I thank you that I get to come here and share these words. I pray that ultimately that my words will be your words and that they will go out to touch the hearts and minds of everyone uh, who is here and those who are watching online, that they will be encouraged, challenged, and driven to a closer relationship uh, with you through what is being shared today. I ask all of this uh, in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, So it's no secret, like I just shared and talked about how I'm going to be taste testing chili, but I love food. I like eating food. I like cooking food. I like baking. And if you've heard any of mine and Courtney's story about how we met, food features pretty prominently in our story. Early on in our relationship, one of the ways I tried to woo her was by cooking breakfast for her. I invited her over, dressed up a little bit, and I made banana rum pancakes. She, You can applaud, that's fine. And thankfully, she has never forgotten those banana rum pancakes because they were delicious. And they are a part of our story of how God brought us together. Eating, of course, is important for all of us. And I think it should be no surprise then that food and eating features prominently in many stories that we find through the pages of Scripture. The very first story in the beginning features God creating a good world and filling it with all sorts of delicious food for the animals and for the humans that he puts in that world. But of course, we find out very quickly that we have a bit of a odd relationship with food as the first humans, Adam and Eve, are tempted by the serpent to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, tempted to believe that they know better than God what is good for them and what is bad for them. Of course, the story just kind of devolves from there. If you keep going, you're going to run into the story of two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And at one point, Esau comes in from the field because he was a hunter and he was tired. And he sees his brother Jacob with a bowl of soup. And Esau says, can I have some of your soup? And Jacob says, you can have my soup if you give me your blessing because you were the firstborn. And Esau trades his blessing for soup. Keep going, you'll run into the story where Moses is leading the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. God provides them a Passover meal as remembrance. As they're going around in the wilderness, God is miraculously providing manna that just falls from heaven to feed them. But even though as they're wandering around and eating the manna, they start to complain that that's the only food that they have. They remember that in Egypt they had meat, they had cucumbers, they had melons, they had leeks, they had onions, and all we've got out here is this manna. We want more, God. Even in the midst of God's miraculous and continuous provision, they complain for more. Jesus is regularly found to be eating with people. He feeds the multitudes. Yet people complain against him that you're not eating with the right people. Why do you eat with sinners? 
Paul has to work out issues with the Corinthian church about should we eat food sacrificed to idols or should we not? What does that mean? And of course, today we're gathering around a table that over the centuries since Jesus initiated this has so many issues around it and concerns and people like, how do we do it? What's the best way to do it? Can these people come? Can these people come? What do we do? Food is important not only for our physical health. Of course, you all know if we don't eat, we die. That's not good. But it's also central to our spiritual health. The Bible makes clear through all of these stories, through the concerns that are food that are weaved into them, that it is essential to our faith and how we interact with food. Of course, it was only just a few months ago, if you remember, I was talking about fasting. Here I am again talking about our relationship to food. So with all this focus and our need for food in it, I think it's a bit of a shock when we come to these verses today through this, through Jesus' Sermon on the Plain as he gives these Beatitudes in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 6, verse 21. Jesus says, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Really, Jesus? If I'm hungry, I'm blessed? Or maybe on a bit more of a personal note, if my family and kids are hungry, we're blessed? That feels weird. And then if that doesn't whiplash us enough, then we get to verse 25. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. But Jesus, what about the banana rum pancakes? Those are good. Surely if my needs are met now, I'm blessed, right? What's this about going hungry later? That feels a little harsh. And the interesting thing, I think, for most of us is that we here fall into this well-fed category. Most of us don't have to worry about where our next meal is come from, will come from. Most of us probably didn't come here today feeling hungry or missing breakfast or something like that. What is it about food and being hungry that Jesus is trying to show us and is inviting us into and was trying to invite his disciples into when he first gave this sermon? I think the point that I would like to get at today as we explore this would be that our perceived blessings are often not the real blessings and satisfaction God is leading us to. If we are well-fed now, we may also need to know hunger or to relieve hunger in others before we can grasp the true satisfaction and blessings that God provides. I'll say it again. Our perceived blessings are often not the real blessings and satisfaction God is leading us to. If we are well-fed now, we may also need to know hunger or to relieve hunger in others before we can grasp the true satisfaction and blessings that God provides. So let's start with the bad news. Let's start in verse 25. Woe to you who are well-fed now, for you will go hungry, Jesus says. The sermon series is called Leaning In, because I think Jesus is inviting us to lean into his words and to try to understand them more and to see how we, how we can apply them to our lives. But when we come to verses like this and to phrases like this, I think our initial reaction oftentimes is just to step back and be like, whoa, 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 Jesus, this is a little too far. You're crazy. This doesn't make any sense. 
This doesn't fit my narrative. This isn't how I understand things or how I want them to be. So I step back. Or maybe you might say, "Mm, I don't think Jesus really means that. He probably means something else. This doesn't apply to me. And ultimately, we're saying that I'm happy with the satisfaction that I can find now. I feel blessed, so I must be. I'm fine with my banana rum pancakes. And I think really what Jesus is getting at here is an issue of justice. Those that are well-fed now are often that way at the expense of others who have to go hungry. In the beginning of Luke, after Mary finds out that she is going to be the bearer of Jesus, she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She finds out that she's also pregnant with John the Baptist, and Mary sings this song called the Magnificat, and in it she says, He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. There it is again. Hard words. But this is a theme in the Gospel of Luke. What I think is going on here, though, is that Jesus is offering some gracious love for us. Because this is an issue of justice, this is a warning to those who are well-fed and who may find themselves in that category. That word woe that starts off verse 25, woe, like, I don't think we use that very much anymore unless somebody, like, cuts you off in traffic, like, whoa, 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 check out that person, like, what's going on there? But Jesus using it here, it's a warning. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say there's some pain coming up. And if you want to avoid it, don't be in this category. Jesus is warning, trying to, to move people away from what he sees is going to be coming down the line to avoid hurts or distresses for those who are in the category of being well-fed now. Those who are well-fed now are literally full overflowing. They have like a bounty. And that's usually perceived as a blessing. I've got so much. I don't need for anything. Man, God is blessing me. If you browse through social media, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you might run across the idea of being hashtag blessed. And usually it's a picture of some great thing the person just got, some new clothes, a car, a parking spot in front of a store. I don't know. Usually those hashtag blessed things fall into that well-fed category. It's a bounty. It's an abundance. It feels like you're being blessed. But Jesus here is telling us something different. That even though you are comfortable and you feel blessed, he says you will go hungry. What Jesus is saying is echoing many of the prophets that came before him. At the beginning of his ministry, in the Gospel of Luke, he unrolls the scroll of Isaiah, and he begins to read from Isaiah 61, which says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and a day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Did you hear it? A day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Jesus is warning those who are in this well-fed category that that cannot go on forever. When people are hungry, being well-fed and having a bounty cannot go on forever. 
It's not the way God intended the world to be. And if you're well fed, that day of vengeance that comes will feel like, whoa, pain. That hurts because now I'm getting taken away from what I felt like was a blessing. Because it's a day of vengeance to comfort those who mourn, to comfort those who are hungry. God will not allow the scales to remain imbalanced. He can't. There is something not right when you have a bounty, when you are well-fed and others do not. And there are often unseen and overlooked costs when we are well-fed and others go without. I mentioned the story of the Israelites wandering around in the desert earlier complaining that all they were getting was manna. Manna, 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 God, come on, give me something else. In the book of Numbers, it says, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. and We never see anything but this manna. Really, Israelites? You had meat and fish to eat at no cost? You were enslaved. You were under the foot of an unjust pharaoh at no cost? Your perceived blessings are often not the true blessings and mercy that God wants for his people. The Israelites thought that blessing of fish and meat and cucumbers and leeks and melons that they had in Egypt felt like a blessing instead of the manna that they were getting in the wilderness. But the manna in the wilderness was provided by God. They were being led around by a pillar of smoke and fire. They were being led by God. But all the time in their minds, they're like, we want that. That tasted better. But they were missing the blessing that was right in front of them. One of the commentaries I was reading uh, from the website uh, NetBible says, however, a person decides, however, if a person decides to not follow Jesus because they prefer a fuller stomach and greater happiness than they believe they would have if they had followed Jesus, they make a bad choice. They are a fool for giving up what they cannot lose and to get what they cannot keep. They are a fool for giving up what they cannot lose. If you choose Jesus, if you lean into God, you can't lose that. If you choose food, if you choose a fuller stomach, and to use the, the bumper sticker phrase of, you can't take it with you, you're going to lose it. It's going to be taken. We can go on and on as we feel this, as we feel like whatever is blessed. But Jesus is trying to offer us a different path. He's trying to say, watch out, look out. There's a better way. So what's the good news? Good news. First verse, Luke 6.21. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Like I said, our initial response often is to step back. Jesus, you're crazy. You don't mean what you said. But we are asking and inviting everybody to do is to lean in. Lean into Jesus. What if this is true? What if Jesus really meant what he, what he said? 
what if my life is blessed, even if it doesn't look like it from the world's perspective? What if I put an empty plate on Instagram and said, hashtag blessed? It feels weird. But maybe there's truth in that. What if there are true blessings to be found in being hungry? To wait on God. To being patient for God's provision. Not just relying on our bellies to tell us when we are blessed. Trusting that if things don't work out right now or even in this lifetime, that God will ultimately bring about true justice and mercy through Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been like really hungry. Like some of you maybe have fasted for a time and I've shared sometimes when I talked about fasting, when I did that. In those moments when you really only have God to rely on. And we just talked about Courtney's been in the hospital for over a week and a half, week and a half. And when I was sitting with her, she's like, tell me what you're sharing about on Sunday. I think she just wanted a distraction. Tell me what you're sharing about. What are, you, what are you going to talk about? So I was telling her about food and eating and how we're being blessed and stuff like that. And she's like, you can share this story. So while she was in the hospital, during before surgery and after surgery, she only could have fluids, right? She was hooked up to the bag and they were letting that drip into her and that was it. For over a week, she didn't get to eat anything. And one day, the, when she was finally upgraded to being able to eat a little more, the lady brought in the tray and set it before, and she, she lifted up the thing, and it was tomato soup. Probably the most boring soup imaginable. But she said when she tasted that tomato soup, it blew her mind. It was the best soup she'd ever had in her life because she had gone without for so long. It's often in those moments when we are truly at our wit's end, when we are at the bottom, that when, when, when we need so much from God that we have to rely on Him, and finally when God shows up, we understand the blessing. We can feel the true satisfaction. And tomato soup can feel like you got it at a five-star Michelin restaurant because you've gone without for so long. Because we're finally in the space to see it, to appreciate it, and to be satisfied by it. That may also and hopefully lead us to realize, man, if I can be blessed by that, I have so much I can offer. I have so many things over here. I have a bounty of things that are just filling my belly and not really giving me satisfaction. I can offer that to other people. In Psalm 37, we did it as a responsive reading during first service, but it talks about the righteous people. Who are the righteous people of God who follow God? And in it, it says, the righteous are those who give generous and lend freely. When we realize how much God has actually blessed us and then we can offer that blessing to others, we get to participate in the blessing that Jesus says the hungry get to feel. We get to be a part of that. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we give out of our bounty and abundance. Psalm 107 is the psalm that Mary is echoing when she sings her Magnificat. It says in verses 8 and 9, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills 
the hungry with good things. Those first few verses of Psalm 107 are a retelling of the Israelites wandering around in the desert because they needed to rely on God because He is the one who satisfies. He is the one who fills the hungry with good things. The blessing comes from their need for God, for their utter reliance on Him when they had no other options. And when they cried out to God, He answered and delivered them. When you cry out to God, you can have faith that He will answer and deliver you, even when you're hungry and feel like you have nowhere else to turn. Another commentator I read on this verse, Gustavo Gutierrez, he says, God has a preferential love for the poor, not because they are necessarily better than others, morally or religiously, but simply because they are poor and living in an inhuman situation that is contrary to God's will. The ultimate basis for the privileged position of the poor is not in the poor themselves, but in God. In the gratuitousness and universality of God's Great love. God loves the poor because they need it. And because we have an opportunity to share God's love with them out of our abundance. Because we can help meet that satisfaction and fill the hunger that God wants to meet in them. God doesn't want anybody to be hungry. God created a good world that can feed its people. But he also doesn't want anyone to be well-fed and satisfied at the expense of others. So if we are well-fed now, we must also know hunger or to relieve hunger in others before we can grasp the true satisfaction and blessings that God provides. Also in that Isaiah 61 that Jesus was quoting, it talks about the idea of proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. What is that? If you go back to the book of Leviticus chapter 25, it talks about the year of Jubilee. And what the year of Jubilee was in the land of Israel was basically after 50 years of living, of money changing hands, of debts being paid and owed, and some people ending up with more and other people ending up with less, when that year 50 hit, everything was forgiven. Everything went back to normal. And Jesus is saying, this is what's happening now. Now, if you were on the side that had more at the, at when that year hit, it probably felt hard because you had to give up. But if you were on the other side that had less and something had been taken from you or your family over those 50 years, you got stuff back. It was a blessing. And this is what Jesus is saying. His ministry, the inauguration of his ministry is happening now at this table. And today as we gather around this table, the needs of everybody are being met. If you're well fed, you're realizing what that means and how you have an opportunity to bless others. Because at the table, you can meet somebody who has need. You can be gathered around at a level playing field with somebody that Jesus has brought before you. And you can say, I can meet that need. I can participate in the year of Jubilee. I can participate in the blessing that God wants to provide for those who are hungry. 
For most of us, these are just very basic elements. Bread, grape juice. And they won't really satisfy in their basic elements. But there's more under that. That's because that we're gathered around with what Jesus is offering us. Forgiveness. His body broken. His blood poured out. And then we see each other gathered around this table. We know that there is more of a blessing here than at face value. You can put hashtag blessed all around this table. Because there's more to it than just the elements. Bo, you want to come up? We're going to lead into communion and Bo's going to play a song that's going to encourage you to get your hearts in the right place as we gather together. Because when we gather around this table, for those who are truly hungry and those who are willing to give up out of their bounty to wait for satisfaction, we can live into the words that Jesus tells us that he is in John chapter 6. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen.
So lay down your hurt, lay down your heart, come as you are, come as you are, fall in his arms, come as you you